I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And you're listening to IntroVets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome to the snack-sized episode of IntroVets Podcast. Yes. (laughs) What's up with that? I don't know. I thought maybe we should introduce the podcast properly. Oh, alrighty then. In a mature way. Why would we do that? I don't know. In an elegant fashion. (laughs) That might be a path I can't follow you down. There's nothing about me that's elegant. (laughs) I think you're very elegant, JJ. Uh, Yeah, no. No? No. Well, summer is coming to a close. Jeebus. I I have mixed feelings about it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want it to be hot as shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I really am ready for fall. Mm-hmm. But like, just time-wise, ooh, super fly. It's, it's, it's booking it. It's mm-hmm. flying. It sure is. It's flying. I can't believe that it's already August. Right. It is early August when we're recording this podcast. It might be fall when this comes out. No, it won't, because we have a very short turnaround on this episode. (laughs) Well, it'll still be August then. But, I mean, season-wise, the podcast, we only have a few episodes left in this season, Mm -hmm. actually. Like, what, uh, eight total episodes left for regular size and... Four snack size left for the whole season. This one went by quick. I know. And we usually record, you know, March to October, and it's going to put us right in just the normal range. It's just that Halloween is eight weeks away, mm. <laughs> which is so exciting. But also at the Stressful. same time, like, woo, that's got a yes. lot to do. <laughs> I, have, I have a ton to do. <laughs> scared. Okay. JJ. Yes. We have a. What would you do situation? What would introverts do? Yes. Oh, uh, yes, we so do. It's time for Dear Introverts Corner. JJ is going to read our problem. Here we go. Dear introverts, a situation has come up at our practice recently, and we would like some outside perspectives. We removed all of the names and identifying details already so you wouldn't have to. Fantastic. The problem began when a credentialed technician was working with veterinarian A. The veterinarian planned to sedate a patient for a somewhat routine but significant procedure. The technician said that they would feel most comfortable with placing an IV catheter for safety prior to the procedure. The technician wished to place an IV catheter so that emergency medications could be given if an anesthetic emergency occurred and so that the level of sedation could be adjusted if needed. The veterinarian said that sedation without the IV catheter should be adequate and wished to proceed without the catheter. The technician reminded the veterinarian of a previous similar situation in which having an IV catheter in place would have resulted in improved patient safety and a better outcome. The veterinarian insisted on moving forward without the IV catheter. The technician told the veterinarian that they were not required to do anything that they felt uncomfortable with. The technician refused to move forward without an IV catheter. The technician also said that if the veterinarian wanted to move forward with the procedure without an IV catheter, a different technician would need to help with the procedure. Ultimately, an IV catheter was placed and the procedure went well. Veterinarian A later alerted management to the situation and asked that the technician be disciplined for insubordination. 
Veterinarian A believes that the technician displayed an inappropriate attitude and was rude during the encounter. The practice manager believes that the technician should be disciplined and written up for the incident. Veterinarian B, one of the practice owners, believes that advocating for patient care is within the technician's duties, but also thinks the technician should be counseled on how to handle similar situations in a nicer way. Veterinarian C, the practice's medical director, agrees with the technician that placing an IV catheter was the right call due to professional liability and patient care. Therefore, veterinarian C wants to create a clinic policy regarding IV catheter placement in sedation patients moving forward. Veterinarian C also privately thanked the technician for advocating for patient care. Veterinarian D, another one of the practice owners, believes that the technician should have been fired on the spot for refusing to do what they were told to do and for questioning veterinarian A's decisions in front of other staff members. What, if anything, should be done to address the tone the technician took with veterinarian A and should the technician be fired? Question mark. Well, so uh, let's just do a brief recap to make sure that everybody's on the same page because we had a lot of veterinarians in there. I know, right? (laughs) Okay, so we have veterinarian A wanting to do the sedation procedure but not the IV catheter. Then we've got veterinarian B who is a practice owner who is like, thumbs up, Uh, this was a good thing that the technician stood up for that, but also they need to learn how to be nicer. Then we got veterinarian C, who is the medical director, who's like, uh, nah, they don't need to be nicer. Actually, everything went fine here. Move along and let's put it in our like hospital protocols. Mm-hmm. And then we got veterinarian D, the other owner who wants to fire the technician. Okay. And then we got a practice manager who thinks that the technician should at least be written up. So, I mean, look. You got everybody on the spectrum. Everybody uh, has an opinion about this, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, <sighs> That So, number one, right off the bat, it's going to be hard, I think, to come to a consensus on what should be done because it sounds like there's such a wide spectrum of values at play in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, I, I'm going to, Judge, I'm going to tell you what I think first. Okay. Okay. Based on the way that this is presented here, do I think that the technician was being quote, insubordinate. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I don't think that they were. I think that they were just trying to, you know, provide excellent patient care. And they were reminding the veterinarian they were working with of a similar situation where things didn't go well when they needed the catheter. And so, like, let's just, that's a cheap insurance policy, right? A catheter is inexpensive, quickly placed, like I can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not having trouble even thinking of a reason why I would argue with that. So anyway, like it's basically cheap insurance, right? Like here here we have a life-saving situation. We have IV access and if we don't need it, we don't need it. And the worst thing that comes from that is like a shaved leg, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like small potatoes, right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't think that they were being insubordinate at all. Now, can I imagine being in the technician's shoes? Maybe I don't have a ton of practice with setting boundaries, particularly with someone who is like above me on the totem pole, my quote, boss, even if that this isn't an owner or whatever, you know. And it is, it's difficult to maintain ethical boundaries when someone is really pushing you to not do that. And 
I think it's really easy to sort of be like, okay, whatever you say, you know, you're the vet, right? And so I'm actually really proud of the technician for standing up for this Mm -hmm. because that's not easy. So I'm going to say regardless of what tone the technician used, I, if I was in charge of what happened, would give this person a raise. (laughs) (laughs) And like a high five, like a fist pump, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yes. You know, because they they at least stood up for what the patient needed. Mm -hmm. Because I think everyone who is listening to this podcast can think personally of a time when they saw some shit going down that they knew something was off and they didn't fucking say anything because they were afraid that they would be ostracized or fired or written up or whatever. Girl, yes. And every single time I don't say something, I regret it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that is my stance so far. We're going to talk about tone and everything in just a second. But I think what this tech did was reasonable. Yeah. Super She reasonable. did her job. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I totally agree that she should be, you know, rewarded. I'm also proud of the, you know, her being an advocate. I mean, you can argue tone, but she started off with like, let me give you a valid reason. Right. And if it's still, you know, ignored, because I mean, at the end of the day, not everyone takes your credential seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's not always respected. And we we go to school. We have to sit for a national board exam. So there are certain things that we've been taught. And it's our job to stand up for that education and for those animals that I would I would feel way worse if something happened to that animal because we didn't have an emergency port. Right. Then I would, if somebody's mad at me because I might have, you know, stepped on someone's toes by saying, well, if you're going to, you're not going to make me do it. Right. Yeah, I agree. And it, I think Ivy catheter is a strange hill to die on. Yeah. It's like, it's an Ivy catheter. It's not like she was like, I won't move forward without... Say, yeah, like I'm trying to, to even me, think of something it, that would be like really unreasonable. It wasn't about the Abbey catheters, what it sounded like. It sounded like it was more like, you know, because she did, the technician didn't, didn't just back down, back down immediately, yeah. then it became a power struggle. We got our feelings hurt a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I definitely got that vibe from this communication that. You know, that it was more like the tech didn't immediately do what I said. And when they told me what was worrying them and I was like, no, it's not a big deal. Then now I'm mad about it kind of a thing. Like, mm. Yeah, it's like on one hand, you have someone who has like honest concerns that they're not being validated. On the other hand, you have someone who's like fall in line and right. those are clashing. They are clashing. Right. And so I think that this is a great example of what we were talking about a couple of episodes ago about how value systems in veterinary medicine are changing. And that old value system would be you do whatever the veterinarian fucking says, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if you say no, you're out of here. And then we have the new value system, which is Sometimes veterinarians make fucking mistakes. And so if you are seeing something go down that you're like, this isn't the ideal situation, you need to speak up about it. And so 
you know, you can't, you, you have to pick one or the other. And if I'm going to pick personally, I would rather the technician say something to me, even if they say it in a sassy way, at least they fucking said something. Mm-hmm. Because like how many times have I been busy doing a thousand things or maybe just have reached decision fatigue for the day? And a technician has been like, hey, I noticed that you ordered this. To me, that didn't seem right. Is that right? And they be like, I, and then me be like, oh, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I messed that up, right? So let's talk about tone. <laughs> let's talk about tone. The first thing that I'm going to say about tone is that, you know, it is important to treat your Fellow workers, whether they're above you, uh, the same as you, or below you on the kind of work hierarchy, with compassion and as much care as possible. Now, sometimes in tense situations, you might get snappy. You like, get the fucking thing, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I do that too. Mm-hmm. In that case, I think if you think about it and you're like, maybe I could have handled that better tone-wise, then I think it's appropriate to come back and apologize and say, hey, you know, when we were talking earlier, I felt very passionate about what was going on. And I think that that came off as me being disrespectful. And so I'm going to work on that. Uh, But just know that I have a tremendous amount of respect for you, obviously, or else I wouldn't agree to work with you. And you know, it's okay for us to have a difference of opinion without it being some sort of major thing. But um, that said, this is the line in the sand for me. This is my boundary, you know. And, and so, JJ, you pointed out that the technician, in it, the way that this is written anyway, the technician first said, I'd feel most comfortable doing this as a way to be gentle. But then when the veterinarian was like, nah, then the tech felt like they had to, you know, push back. Yeah. And so sometimes you do get a little defensive, especially if you're really passionate about whatever the topic is. I know I do. If I'm like, motherfucker, I'm right about this. (laughs) You know, it is hard for me. Well, also, if you're not, you know, obviously this person is, she's got some boundaries and she's, you know, using them. And we're using she as the general she. Yes, there sorry. are no genders in this no. write-up, but most of the time we are talking about women in veterinary medicine. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I think on the podcast we should establish the universal she. <laughs> Instead of the universal he, like, we're just going to throw that in the trash can. Universal she from now on. Universal is, she. I like so it. just assume she is without gender. <laughs> but perhaps maybe uh, she is new at... Um, using these boundaries and yeah. you know if you if you get your boundaries pushed on a little bit you immediately get might get a little snappy because you don't yep. know how to but it sounded like she started small mm-hmm. and with each refusal ramped up a little bit more till she got to the ultimate all right here's the line i'm not doing it yeah yeah and and you know we don't we weren't there we don't have a video camera or right. whatever so you know there's a difference between being like you know, bleep, 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 bleep. I'm not doing that. Bleep, mm-hmm. bleep, bleep. I don't know why I'm bleeping it out on this <laughs> podcast, but I don't know. Uh, just fill in the blanks and being like, so I am going to decline to move forward with the procedure, but here is technician B who feels comfortable. Have a good time. I'm going to take over for technician B and we're going to swap out. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a difference between those things. 
So I think that it is possible to address the tone and the delivery without being like, get out of here fired or let me write you up for insubordination Mm -hmm. or without accidentally giving the message that the doctors can't be questioned. Yeah. Because I think that the paradigm of no one questions the doctors is outdated and dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Outdated, dangerous. Mm-hmm. Trash can. Yes. You're round file that one. Bye. 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 <laughs> so, so yeah. So how do you address tone with this, with this technician? Well, first you have to establish, was it a tone issue or mm-hmm. was it that the doctor wasn't accustomed to someone being assertive mm-hmm. and direct? Sure. So I'm thinking, let's ask the veterinarian, with all everything else being the same, you ultimately do decide to put the catheter in all of that stuff. What phrasing could the technician have used that would have made you feel the most comfortable? And let the veterinarian sit with that for a second. Yeah. Because if they're unable to come up with something... (laughs) (laughs) That might be the problem. Then that tells us a lot about the situation, right? If the veterinarian's like, well, yeah, man, I could have done without the 15 cuss words, you know, okay, we've got a place to start. But if they're like, well, hmm, uh, hmm, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then then it might be more of an ego thing and not like the tech was really out of line with their, quote, attitude, right? If you think this tech has a bad attitude because she said something to you at all, that's not... We don't need to correct that. No. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to correct that with the tech. We need to correct right. it with the veterinarian. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think starting with the veterinarian and saying, like, what? Tell me how you picture this going better where the outcome remained the same. Because remember, the medical director is like, this tech was actually correct. She did the thing that I want. We're actually going to change the handbook from now on to try to avoid this kind of thing. And see, that would be my other thing. I'm like, if the medical director agrees, the medical director is the one that's like, this is what we do shit. Yeah. And if the medical director says, then I'm going to be listening to them. Mm-hmm. Not A. Correct. A can kick rocks without shoes. That is exactly right, JJ. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go give C a side hug. Look, can I tell you about one thing that happened to me early in my career? Yes. Okay. So I was not a veterinarian. I was not any sort of an assistant or technician or anything. I was a lowly high school volunteer worker. Okay. This no, you was, weren't even getting a paycheck. No, this Damn. was back in the time. That, like this is when just, you didn't get a paycheck. Yeah. This was not. This would not be. I don't think possible now, just because of all the legal shit. Like, mm-hmm. what if I'd been injured? Like, mm-hmm. they there was no insurance anyway. Back in the uh, good old days. They weren't good old days. I, what am I trying to say? They're back in the days of us. Back in the late very... 1900s. <laughs> yep. Back in the late 1900s, when I was just a lowly high school assistant, the place that I was, quote, shadowing under, which meant I did all the kennel work with no pay, no benefits, no insurance. Anyway, it's a dumb situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, they spayed a dog, okay? It was like a yard dog, you know, just someone's like backyard dog. The dog was like middle-aged, and the 
you know, they had declined, like the owners of the pet had declined all the pre-op workup. Like it was one of those things where you just kind of drop it off for the spay day or whatever like that. And the uh, patient actually ended up being pregnant. And so they did the the spay and the whole thing like that. And then later the dog like coded and it didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when the owner was contacted, of course, they were very upset and they said, you know, you're lying about the dog being pregnant. It, you know, it didn't really have puppies and all of that stuff. Now, all of the stuff from surgery had already been discarded. And so what did the veterinarian tell me, the completely unpaid high school student to do? You better go dumpster diving. Dumpster diving. Mm -hmm. And what did I say, JJ? Yes, sir. No. (laughs) What'd you say? I said, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, boy. (laughs) I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're joking, right? And I was like, no, I am not digging through a dumpster to find the dead fetuses of a doll. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't blame you. And I got in trouble. The unpaid high school student volunteer. Can you just fucking imagine in this day and age being like, hey, 16-year-old kid, uh, jump out in that dumpster out there and just dig, you know, it doesn't matter what all fucking shit you get exposed to, you know, everything like that. Just dig for this, these dead fetuses. Like, can, can you even imagine, like, what if the dog had had brucellosis? Or, you know, like, there's so many fucking things. There's I mean, the I'm, liability, JJ. It, I would, it would be just, totally real. I would have done it. But I was, I mean, I have done it. Well, I've done it too, but not as an unpaid high school student. Okay. So that was one of my first, that was one of my first experiences in veterinary medicine. And you know what I learned from that experience? That you're not allowed to say no or disagree with the veterinarian. And it took me a very long time to get to the point where I was like, wait a minute. High school me was right about this. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What the f- high school me was right, JJ. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The right answer is no. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. You know, you can give me some pay and some benefits, some fucking insurance and PPE. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You can contact the sanitation people and have them empty the dumpster and we can go through it in an orderly fashion. Sure. But I'm not getting in the mm-hmm. fucking dumpster. Anyway, so um, high school me had pretty good boundaries, actually, it turns Mm -hmm. out. But I had those beaten out of me, which was wrong. It was wrong. And so now I'm here to say, fuck that. Like the technician in this situation did what she thought was medically correct, which Mm -hmm. is what you're supposed to do as a medical professional. Mm -hmm. And when someone... It's trying to force you to do something that you don't think is right. The right answer is not okay. The right answer is I'm not fucking doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, in as nice a way as you can say. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. I had a different experience. I went from like no boundaries whatsoever at all. Like Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that I've looked back on early in my career before and just after tech school. Ooh. I did things that mm-hmm. I'm not proud of. Sure. And it took because me. Because you were directed to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I first started working in the field, I was so grateful that I was given. Because it took, I tried all throughout high school. 
no one would take me as a volunteer. Yeah. They would not take me, period, because I had no experience. Well, how am I supposed to get experience? And when I was in college, I finally got hired in as a assistant, part-time assistant in Kennel. Yeah. And I moved quickly from doing both to strictly assistant, but mainly because I had no boundaries. I mean, I was like, whatever weekends, whatever holidays, whatever you got, I want it. And whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. turns out that's not the best. I don't think it is. I mean, I think that that is a, that this is becoming an outdated sort of thought process. This is an outdated value system. Now, people that are not in my generation that are, uh, you know, maybe in the boomer generation or maybe like late Gen X might even look at that and think like, yeah, that's how mm-hmm. I was raised. I mean, it's how I was raised. Yeah, it's how I was raised, yeah. It's how I was raised, but it's not um, a good thing. It, that's not good. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just unquestioningly do what people in authority say because <laughs> let's go back around to the licensing issue. Okay, so this technician is credentialed. She's got a license. She needs to protect that license. Okay, now. We can argue, you know, all day about whether a state board would have gotten upset about this situation, right? But if the state board, say, say, say the worst case scenario had happened and they had gone forward with the procedure, no IV catheter, and the patient had coded. And then it took all that extra time to try to get IV access, to get intubate, you know, all of that stuff. And the patient got lost and the client filed some sort of a complaint and everything was reviewed. You better believe that they would be asking, well, why didn't you choose to put a Mm -hmm. catheter in this patient? And if you as a technician stood up there and said, well, I wanted to, but the veterinarian didn't. And so I was like, "Okay," because they're the veterinarian. They're not going to give a shit. Yeah, like. Ignorance of what the protocol should be is not an excuse. So they would probably find in favor of the client. Like, yeah, you know, that does put your license in jeopardy. Like, so you should never, in my opinion, you should never do anything that you feel uncomfortable with at that. Even if other people disagree, even if you took 10 technicians and nine of them were like, no, this is fine. And you're the one person who's not okay with it. I don't think you should do it because you're the person that has to sleep at night. You're mm-hmm. the person that has to go on. And that little, uh, even those little hits, things like moral distress, they eat away at you. And then we're down the compassion fatigue road pretty mm-hmm. quickly. We're headed towards burnout. Yeah. <sighs> Would I write the technician up? No. Would you write the doctor up? Would I write the doctor up? Probably not. I probably wouldn't write anyone up. I probably would have a conversation i would probably have a training on boundaries right here's what boundaries are here is how you can appropriately state what they are if someone has said to you i do not feel comfortable with xyz then making them do that is not what we're about you know and then please send the situation straight away to the medical director and the practice manager in combo so that we can kind of decide because, you know, there are gray areas in this, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, if if people get together and they're like, what this person is wanting is pretty unreasonable, then some, in some of those cases, an exception has to be made. But, like, an IV catheter is a pretty small potatoes type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen situations where, like, 
say, for instance, there's a, a cat that's known for being a bit aggressive. Yeah. And if you have five technician assistants mm-hmm. and all of them are refusing to work with it, they're making one person handle it. Yeah. That's not cool. Well, I mean, if it, I was the one person, I would think it was cool because I like cats. <laughs> I know. Mean cats. But here's what yeah. I would do in that situation. We need to talk about gabapentin for mm-hmm. that cat, right? Yes. Like, we need to figure out some other thing. If so many of the staff are like, what the fuck? This cat is unhandleable. Well, we got a problem. Well, it you was know? more of a situation of, was the cat really that unhandleable? Uh-huh. Or was, you know, either A, the staff wasn't trained enough or to feel comfortable okay. with it? Yes. Or were they, I don't want to have to deal with this. This person over here always does it. I'll make them do it. Right. Because I've kind been in like both a, situations. But you're so good at it, and I don't really know, yeah. so let's just always handle it. I call that the Kool-Aid technique, because my brother pulled one a fast one over on me when we were growing up. Like he pretended he like would, he couldn't make the Kool-Aid. He pretended that I made it so much better, and he would just compliment how I made the Kool-Aid, and that made me want to do it. So yeah. That is yeah. called weaponized incompetence, JJ. Mm, yeah. We could do a whole podcast on that. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I mean, if things like that are happening— then it's going to be a systemic issue that this person is going to have to deal with over and over and over again. You're going to see a pattern, and I think that that pattern is going to tell you what disciplinary actions, if any, are going to be needed. But this scenario doesn't give us any information about whether this doctor and tech have butted heads before, mm-hmm. whether they get along, whether the you know tech has been there a long time and the doctor's new, or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Like. But I'm going to say I'm going to err on the side of not writing the technician up unless they were just so incredibly over-the-top hostile and rude. Stamping of feet and cartridge Maybe they threw instruments or they, yeah, you, know, cool. they, you know, did they make rude hand gestures, right? <laughs> or like, fuck you, yeah, like if you're giving someone the double bird and being like, fuck you, you like. <laughs> That is hilarious when we do it on the podcast, but like not for the office. I do not talk yeah. like that at work. So most of the time, <laughs> but you know, say, sometimes girl. I do. Girl. Okay. <laughs> Jojo's like, do not lie to this audience. I've been in surgery and dentistry with you. <laughs> There's only so much Stevie <laughs> that can fix the problem. That's right. Stevie Nicks. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would, you know, maybe we could talk with the technician about like, you know, look. Totally get it. It is scary to enforce your boundaries. And sometimes when I start to have to enforce a boundary that someone is pushing against pretty insistently, I will start to get a little, like a little mm-hmm. tight chest feeling. I can feel my blood pressure go up and stuff like that. Voice goes, you maybe use my high voice. Right. Or my quavery voice. Mm-hmm. Or worse, if I'm at a five out of five, I might start crying about mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. I hate that. Yeah. If you ever see me crying in a tense situation, that's just walk, just same immediately run away. Yeah. Uh, that is not going to be good. No, for that's a level 12 yeah. mad. <laughs> mad. Unfortunately, that's mad. it's all connected to the tear ducts. That's right. And if it gets to the point where I'm crying, God, just yes. please leave me alone. Yes, if it's not an obviously sad situation and you see tears in my eyes, this is not mm-hmm. going to be okay. Like, no. it's not going to be good. I'm going to be about half an hour and no people. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes to avoid getting 
to a five, you know, it's possible to to get a real mean three, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe real mean three prevents you from getting to a five. And so in that case, sometimes you need a mean three. And uh, just like in dog training, the temperament of the dog that you're correcting is important. <laughs> so like you can be, you know, much more assertive with a really outgoing dog, but a shy dog, you have to tiptoe because mm-hmm. they, and I think it's, I think it's the same with veterinarians and technicians and anyone that you're trying to interact with like that. Like, I think, though, if the veterinarian was someone who is a little bit meeker personality, they would have right away been like, okay, put the catheter Yes. <laughs> the yeah. fact that they were, they went back and forth, what, three times? At least. At least three times. Like, the fact that they were so insistent makes me feel like they're um mm. pretty high on the... <laughs> Spectrum of what? <laughs> B- uh, boldness yeah. of uh, being like, what the fuck? <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of like military. It's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're the the big wigs that you, you just do what they say. Right. And, you know, I just think that that is a harmful. I think that's a harmful paradigm. I don't think that it's good mentally for your staff. And I don't think that it's good for patient safety at all. And I just think of, again, all of those times that a technician has saved my ass by saying something. And I just think of all of those times that I saw something happening and didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then I wish that I would have. So I always are on the side of saying something. And sometimes people do get upset. But Yeah. Yep. I still remember the, the, the first time that I actually kind of stood up for, I had a situation yeah. where a doctor was wanting me to do something that was against the practice act like against the law yes so you're the veterinarian you're working with is like do this thing that is illegal like black and white illegal in their defense they did not realize Mm -hmm. that it was a thing i just did my usda accreditation stuff and you know what they harped on Ignorance of the mm-hmm. law is no excuse for breaking the law, JJ. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was. I had to push back multiple times. Yeah, and but it, it finally like it came down to like here's where it says that this oh, can't got, happen. You got the receipts out. Yeah, I did. That's so. I that's did. what you gotta do. And what happened when you got the receipts out? Where they're like, "Oh fuck, I'm sorry." No, no. no. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. it. I, I didn't have to do the thing anymore. Okay. So, I, I mean, right. I don't well, want to use acceptable. it as saying I won because that's not, it's not a winning. The animal won. The animal won. But, um. Practice act won. Yes. But it <laughs> Practice was. Practice act always wins in the end. Yeah. There was definitely some resentment and some. Yeah. Yeah. But. Sure. Look, I think this is a good litmus test. I'm not going to be, I, I'm not going to lie. When you are starting a new job or when you are, like, shadowing for a new job and stuff like that, like, I think it's important to look around at these types of interactions and really pay attention and see how does everyone interact with one another. If you notice someone see something dangerous happening and they say something, is there blowback for it, okay? And how does that react? Like, what happens? And if you're seeing really bad negative reactions on the, you know, from the veterinarians, from other staff, from management about corrections, then I think you need to think really hard about, like, 
how bad do I need this job? Mm-hmm. Because it's it it's going to come up and it's going to yeah that's going to suck to be in that spot. Absolutely, that type of values conflict is as we talked about a couple episodes ago. That's such a such an a huge difference in values that it is going to be very difficult to ever bridge that gap and be happy in that job. So actually, mm-hmm. I think it's a good test. Yeah. Like I've been in a situation before where uh, a veterinarian that I worked with was just adamant about a particular medical topic. Like we'll just say a drug that was contraindicated in a certain patient group. And I was like, no, it's not. And they were like, yes, it is. And I was like, no, it's not. And they were like, yes, it is. And they got really mad about it. And I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) Here are you know, five to 10 scientific studies backing up my position. And they didn't speak to me for like a week after that. That is Hmm. like, no. Okay. Like looking back. (laughs) That speaks to the lack of emotional maturity. Right. At the time I should have been like, I am so out of here. (laughs) But like, you know, it, it, it is at the time I was just like, what the fuck? Uh But, um, but yeah, that, so that type of thing is like a flag. Like if you're encountering that and you're, you, you've brought the receipts or whatever, you've got your thing backing up what it is that you medically think is the best thing. And the people that you are working with or job shadowing or interviewing with, or like whatever the situation is, if they are very resistant to looking objectively at studies then ooh, it's going to be a no from me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> getting yep. old for this you live and learn okay so look in summary <laughs> in summary i'm just going to go down my bulleted <laughs> list of points that i made before this podcast to make sure that because i knew it was going to be a doozy we're already like over 40 minutes <laughs> And I have a second topic for us to go over, so we'll have to bump that to a later snack episode, I feel like. Well, hey, at least it's there. Mm, Right. So, okay. So, insubordination is not the same thing as standing up for yourself and your patient care, okay? Mm, No. And I don't even think it's a fine line. I think it's Mm -mm. the broad line between those things. If you, as a veterinarian have no ability to receive any feedback about how you do things, that's a problem that you need to deal with. And you don't need to deal with that problem by trying to get the technician fired. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, Okay. Right? My second point, it's a fucking IV catheter that's easy and expensive and quick. <laughs> like, just do it. Who cares? The vet and the tech both have to protect their licenses. So please be aware of that, everyone. Everyone. Please be respectful that everyone else has to safeguard their livelihood. And then the practice manager was going to make use of a IV catheter in this particular situation. Mandatory moving forward and put it in a handbook. And I'm like, hell fucking yeah, let's do that. That way we won't have to have an argument about it because it'll be in the handbook. It'll be in the minimum standard of care for our hospital that every single hospital should have. <laughs> Absolutely never do anything that you don't feel comfortable with. You can say no. I'm not promising that you won't get fired or written up for it, but just know that if you do, that's fucked up. (laughs) You don't want to work there anyway. Right, exactly. And maybe call the labor board (laughs) because I don't think that's actually legal. But anyway, 
Anyway, if you feel like you've been wrongfully terminated for standing up for patient care, you should probably look into your legal options on that. Kalshinara. But, but I did not tell you that. And then lastly, saying that, but they told me to do it this way is not like a defensible position legally or ethically. And so if you don't think it should be done that way, don't fucking do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then... Work on controlling tone with setting boundaries, like we talked about in the boundaries episode. I don't remember when it was. It was a few episodes ago now. Maybe practicing with a close friend or family member till it just becomes like butter. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, I wouldn't prefer that. Yeah, just have <laughs> Let your... me get another technician to help you. I need to remind you that that is in our protocols for the clinic that mm-hmm. uh, IV catheter is required. I mean, every good technician has got like a automatic thing that they use for... Um, if they're exam rooms or whatever, is so just make it part of the, something like that. Just like, I do not feel comfortable with doing A, B, or C. And here's why. Correct. Correct. And look, all right, I'm also going to say this last thing. And in saying it, I don't want to undermine all of the other stuff that we've said about how you should set boundaries and you should stand up for yourself. Okay. But There is a technique that you can use when you're getting started out or if you just feel uncomfortable if the person that you're dealing with really does not like assertive people, right? And that is to make them pretend that they came up with it. Okay. (laughs) My mother was good at that. Is that slightly manipulative? It is, okay? But I'm like, you know what, if you have to manipulate people slightly to get good patient care, what is, you know, the least of two evils here? And the reason I'm bringing it up is because as a young veterinarian, I finally realized that technicians were using it on me very skillfully. So I'm going to set up the scenario. You know why they had to develop that skill? Because you're not allowed to fucking question a vet. Exactly. I know exactly why. I know exactly why. So if you find yourself in that situation, just know that I didn't notice it at first. <laughs> and I've that means seen, they were good at it. <laughs> I've seen other veterinarians fall for it time and time again, and I'm like, yeah. Okay, so here would be the thing. Okay, JJ, uh, what what's something that would be inappropriate? Okay, I'm about to put a patient on an NSAID. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, Grider's about to put this dog on carprofen, and you know it's on steroids right now for this other thing, right? And so instead of being like, Grider, uh, don't fucking do that, you idiot. You can be like, now, I know that you're going to be concerned about starting an NSAID because of uh, the the steroid that the dog is on. I was wondering if gabapentin or tramadol would be your go-to choice for the pain control. Mm-hmm. Right? And so do you see how that puts me, the veterinarian, in the position of being like... Almost really fucked up on that one, right? (laughs) They caught the error. They offered me two additional options to choose from and allowed me to save face. Now, again, I'm not trying to undermine our entire episode. I think that veterinarians as a whole probably need to get better at taking feedback and not taking things so personally. But as a stepping stone, you can use that technique, right? Like. You know who is masterful at this? Christine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's done it to me. Christine, the office manager. We love you, Christine. Mm-hmm. Christine is now an accountant. She's um, amazeballs. Like a real accountant, not a TikTok accountant. <laughs> Just clarify. <laughs> she did finish her master's and she is practicing accountant at this time. But, you know, I worked with Christine for years. She was 
an assistant, a tech for me. She was an office manager at different places I've worked. Like I know Christine a long time. And now that we have the close relationship, she could be like, Grider, what the fuck? Don't put it on an inset. And I'd be like, oh, shit, thank you. Mm -hmm. But earlier in my career, she would be the person saying, now, oh, I know you're really wanting pain control. Would you like gabapentin or tramadol? Remember about the steroid? I know we can't use that inset because you taught me that, right? You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, Like, she was just so good at guiding me towards the obvious thing I needed to do and not letting me forget important information while at the same time allowing me to be like, making you feel like you're, you know, a wonderful human being. Why? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Or like, uh, let me see what, what one time trying to think. There are so many times when technicians have saved my ass in ways like that. I'm just so, just so many like, okay, this one time, this one time we were doing a workup for a dog that I thought had IMHA, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, and the technician was like, don't you feel like we should take an x-ray just to make sure that the dog hasn't swallowed any coins? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do think we should do that. Now, the dog hadn't swallowed coins is fine, but what if it had been zinc toxicosis and I missed it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I'm having trouble for some reason coming up with other ones, but it's just repeated over time where they're like, now, did you want this thing or this thing while avoiding option three that I was totally going to fucking do that would be bad? Yeah. In the second I think about it, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. One of the most common ones would be uh, that I would try to do with, if you have a dog that's got like intervertebral to can't say the words today. Intervertebral disc disease. Thank you. Okay. And, you know, I was getting a whopping steroid dose. Yep. I'd be like, so um, what dose of sacrophate uh, or renitid? Any yeah. type of, what type of gut protectant do you want? Yes. Not do you want a gut protectant mm-hmm. or don't. Now, you know, you should do uh-huh. that. Don't just, forget this. Yeah. Just you're like, you're in the position there. There you have assumed that they're mm-hmm. going to make the right choice. And in, in instead of being like, do you want to or aren't you going to, JJ is like, would you like to go with Crown Fate or Famotidine or a combination? Would mm-hmm. you like a Meprazole? We can script that out. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> JJ is like, here are the options. Yep. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, got, I got real good at it with the, uh, just try to not to put too much information in, but if some doctors really, really like certain pain medications that have been proven to not be very effective tramadol oh tramadol yeah and um you mean like at low doses and stuff is that what you're getting at yeah and you know say if it was for like post-extraction care or that sort of thing so i'd be like so what dose of gabapentin do you want yeah and oh that worked yeah it does work it does work because most of the time the doctors are so busy it, sometimes it doesn't even like click. Right. And you if you're that, good at your delivery, you get that decision fatigue and you tend to fall back on this is the way I've always done it, even though we have updated information. So if you have updated information and you're seeing the veterinarian fall into an old pattern, I think it's completely appropriate to intervene. And then in, you can use one of these techniques in, in allowing people to save face is never the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Unless they're doing something really egregious, like, I don't know. I don't know why genocide came to mind. But. 
Yeah, that's... Uh, but genocide, okay? So, like, major shit, we, you know, they don't deserve to save face, okay? But for, like, mm-hmm. the vast majority of veterinary things, we can allow them to save face and it not be that big of a deal while still accomplishing our uh, goals. And then yeah. maybe we have a conversation later about, like, hey, did you know blah, blah, blah based on this study or had you read that latest article or that kind of thing? And if that on the back end isn't well received, then that just gives you information about like how you don't want to work there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. well, JJ, final verdict. What would you do in this case? I would buy the technician lunch. <laughs> Give her a, add a boy. Yeah. Add a girl. Right. And, I uh, so. I mean, I'm speaking just from a technician point because I, I wouldn't have any like authority to, give a raise or write her up or anything like that. Sure. But, but I, I would encourage her to talk to the medical director and also to uh, maybe have the medical director talk to the office manager since the office manager seemed to be wanting to go after her. But just to try to, you know, this is why I wanted to do it. I have the director on my side and this is needs to be a thing. And, yeah. and please don't be mad if I say no. Right. Right. That see, that's the problem thing though, is that holding it over your head of like, I'm gonna be mad at you and not talk to you if you stand up for yourself, which I think is uncool. Mm-hmm. Because even if even if what the technician thought was right later they were like, Ooh, actually I made a mistake. That that's not cool to hold that over someone and be mad at them or whatever. Like yeah. because you have to think about the intent. Just like in murder cases, the intent matters, okay? (laughs) So, like, in this situation, the technician's intent was not to be a dick, and they weren't trying to start some shit or initiate a power struggle just for fun. They really wanted to protect their patient. And as long as the intent is patient protection, I'm going to give people a shit ton of leeway on that. Because I've definitely seen the opposite thing where things other than patient protection weren't considered, and I don't Mm -hmm. think that's right. Nope. All right, JJ, well, we are ultra out of time, like (laughs) super-duper out of time. (laughs) So we will talk about the other topic that I brought to discuss with you um, on the next snack episode. We'll have to save it. Sounds good. All right. Well, if you have stories, cases, questions, or anything else you'd like for us to read, please send it to Introvets Podcast. We are still working on the submission form for the website. It is coming soon. I uh, had a little surgery, um, personally had surgery this week, and I've been trying to really recover from that. It's been a little bit more involved recovery than what I was prepared for. So I'm running a little behind on some things. (laughs) But anyway, the email address super works. Yeah. You can find us on social media we're on facebook and instagram and it's at interface and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast it really does help and we'll see you next time bye bye bye